Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Mornings are hard. Your sports radio show doesn't have to be. I'm so happy you guys are still alive. I am excited. I am so happy. Laugh and learn every morning aboard the mothership. Gonna be a good day with DA. Hey, da. I do love the da. Happy being alive day. Mornings on CBS Sports Radio. Yeah. 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 Happy being alive day, everybody. It's a good Thursday to you. Coming up this morning here on the show in 20 minutes, we are stunned to news. In 40 minutes, feathers and fastballs, birds getting beaned. Look out. That's coming up this hour here on the show. Next hour, no Canadian bacon today because another off night for the Stanley Cup playoffs. So we turn back the hands of time to August 2020 and the first ever Canadian bacon as we celebrate 10 years here on CBS Sports Radio. That's next hour on the show. Last night, impressive win by the Heat. They were trailing for all of the first half and then exploded in the third quarter. What you have with the Heat, a physical, mentally tough, well-organized, well-coached team. They are the exact opposite, the polar opposites of the Philadelphia 76ers, who have a superstar who seems to fail to show up in big spots that points the finger, unlike Jimmy Butler who always delivers and never points the finger and always is the the best that you can get out of him when it matters most and gets better as the game gets tighter. And an organization that has big game DNA, big game cojones, and I think outkicks its coverage pretty regularly. So last night, they get a big game from Jimmy Butler Leading by seven with a little over a minute to play. Butler takes a three that rattles home. It pops up and goes down. 
and you just knew he had the mojo going. And let's not forget that last year, Game 7 Eastern Conference Finals in Miami, or no, in Boston, no, in Miami last year, he takes a three with 16 seconds to play, and it just comes up short. And we question whether that was the right decision. Jimmy hasn't forgotten that. Butler wants revenge. He wants vengeance on the Celtics, and that lost last year, and he got a game one on the road last night. So the Heat are as formidable a playoff competitor as you are going to find. Again, the exact opposite of the Philadelphia 76ers. And so Doc Rivers gets the zig. Joel Embiid reportedly blindsided by Doc getting fired. Let's listen in to Sixers GM Daryl Morey. They had a strong relationship. I mean, they're, you know, I have to make tough calls all the time with trades. Um, you know, Joel was disappointed in, you know, be, you know, some of it was he didn't know the player we were getting in the trade who ended up helping us, but he was disappointed in the players that went out. I think it's natural to be very close with the people in the locker room. Um, he was very close with Coach Rivers. And, yeah, he was shocked about the change. And, um, you know, and it's my job to uh, help convince him that the new coach is someone that he'll have a great relationship with as well. All right, a couple of things here. Number one, Doc did have to go. Doc did have to go. You knew exactly what you were getting with the Philadelphia 76ers every year in the postseason. A team that should be better than a second round, but always going to be a second round exit. And that a team with a league MVP that should be able to be tough guys, hard-nosed, play any team, any opponent tough, and wilt in big spots. And Doc is not only leading a Sixers team that has the same exact story every single year, talented team, good squad of the regular season, but can't get out of the second round and really bad in game sevens. But this is Doc's DNA. This is Doc's reputation for his entire coaching career. As we mentioned yesterday, there are 10 times Doc has lost in a game seven. 10. The next most out of any coach ever is five, Pat Riley. So he's twice as loserish in game sevens as anybody ever in NBA history. You had to get rid of Doc. But I just don't believe that this quote shocked Joel Embiid. I don't believe that at all. Number one, we know that James Harden was not enamored with Doc Rivers. We know this. So are you telling me that Joel Embiid had no idea that the guy that he's supposed to be in tandem with doesn't like the head coach? He has no idea about that? I mean, that just, I don't believe that at all. There's just no way I believe that. There's no way I believe that Joel Embiid doesn't know that Harden doesn't like Doc. Nor do I believe that Joel Embiid was, quote, shocked that Doc had to go. Now, the reality is perhaps a little jarring. You know, you might know somebody at work is going to get fired. You might know something like that's going to happen. But until it actually happens, you know, maybe you're caught a little off guard with how you feel. 
Maybe it's like graduating high school or college. You're like, I know this is the date that I got to move out. I know this is the date my life changes, but you can't really prepare for it until it happens. That it happens, you're like, whoa, maybe that. But you cannot tell me or convince me that Joel Embiid is shocked or blindsided by this decision. They lost again in the second round. Game six of the fourth quarter was bad. Game seven was even worse. He's blindsided and shocked that the coach might go? No, I don't believe that. What I believe is that Joel Embiid likes to be liked. And I don't blame him. I think most of us like to be liked. Maybe Mraz is the outlier. I think he likes to be hated. No, I want to be liked. I wish everybody agreed with my takes, but I don't mind being hated. And sometimes you lean into being hated. Not, not sometimes, most of the time. Yeah, I guess that's true. I can't hide from that. You do enjoy wearing the costume of a villain. Yes, although I don't like real confrontation. No, not at all. No, face-to-face confrontation I don't like. Needling people on the internet? Oh, I'm here for it, for sure. And on the radio when nobody's here to punch you in the nose. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. If you're like 7,000 miles away, that's the time I want to strike. <laughs> Eat it, Phoenix. Eat it. You probably wouldn't say it to a Suns fan's face. Probably not. I think Joel Embiid wants to be wanted, likes to be liked, wants to be appreciated, which is why he was so desperate for the MVP. It was validation that people like me. They actually like me. And I think in this case, he doesn't want Doc to dislike him. Doesn't want it to seem like he helped orchestrate Doc's firing. And doesn't want people to think that he would dare get his coach fired. Except we've seen the real Joel Embiid where after game seven, he did say, I can't win alone. Me and James can't win alone, which was certainly a shot at everybody besides Joel Embiid and James Harden. Now, he's not lying. He's not wrong. That is true. None of these guys can win alone. But... It certainly felt like he was frustrated by everybody except himself and James Harden. So this either couldn't have shocked Joel Embiid or it shouldn't have shocked Joel Embiid. And if you're Daryl Morey and you're making a change at head coach and you don't know if your superstar, your league MVP is going to like it or not, a big-time risk, and I don't think that Daryl Morey is taking that big-time risk. I know that Morey's been risky in the past. I don't think you run the risk of alienating Joel Embiid to where he wants to get traded, he wants to leave because he hates that you've changed out his favorite coach. I don't think that that's the way that this goes down. So, color me as skeptical that Joel Embiid did not have some say or tacit acknowledgement that, yeah, I get it, Doc's gotta go. Hit me up on Twitter, DA on CBS. P. Hoyt tweets, shout out to Mraz for introducing me to rum chata. My girlfriend loves it. Wow. Now, it is a thirsty Thursday, and he hashtags Booskies on this, so this will be the first toast of the morning. I was unaware of rum chata until I came to a block party a number of years ago and realized that this was Bob the Deli Man's favorite drink. 
Yeah, I mean, he's he's definitely it's definitely in their Mount Rushmore. Let's say he loves a, a Captain and Ginger and a Bacardi and Coke as well. But the rum chata is great because it's versatile. Goes down smooth without crushing you on shots, and you mix it up a little uh, Jack Fire, a little Fireball. You have a drink that tastes like an apple pie as well. A rum chata for those that are uninitiated is kind of a milky rum based liqueur. Yeah, perfect. Uh, adult chocolate milk? Yeah, it's kind of like a Nesquik almost, like a rum-infused Nesquik. Yeah, I agree. But a little bit lighter than Nesquik. Yeah, it's not it's as not, chocolatey. Right, if you're picturing the heavy milk taste in you like you would have with your pasta, no, not that. Yeah, it's almost like a dessert liqueur, but you guys drink it like it's bourbon. I mean, in shot form, for sure. Water. Well, look, you're when, you, when you're watching your team play, and whether it's goals or touchdowns, you want to have a little toasted celebration... I mean, if you're putting down the tequila, you're not going to make it to third periods and fourth quarters. Yeah, I think Romchada, and I could be mistaken, we might need some type of mixologist on this, but my guess is Romchada is primarily for coffee and dessert drinks to add to the drink. Uh, An after-dinner spot. Yeah, I agree. I don't think you're probably supposed to drink it straight. It's probably not meant for that. Yeah, again, we're not pouring it on the rocks, though. We do shots of it, or we mix it with that... You know, like I said, the the Tennessee fire or whatever. Yeah, you add a higher octane fuel to the shot. Yeah, there's, there's multiple <laughs> things that go into it for sure. Do you remember when Bob the Deli Man became enamored with rum chata? You know, I, I'm not sure. It was probably when me and my second sister became close to the legal drinking age. I'm trying to think of when my dad started throwing back with us, 13, 14, around then. Um, we, you were 13 or 14 or kidding. 2013 I'm or just, I'm just kidding. When we were like 19, 20. And I think it became, let's start you off slow. And he liked the Baileys, which he still does. And there's, you know, cheaper versions of Baileys that goes along. And Rum Chata really shined in this white bottle in the liquor store. And I think he just picked up the shelf and said, let's try this. And, and loved it. Absolutely loved it. So it has uh, become a staple in the rotation for a long time. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, you know, I think that was the idea. I could drink with my kids, but not get them hammered, where I feel guilty. Yeah, I think that's, <laughs> I think that's a good line not to have to cross. Yeah, for sure. Jason tweets, "Da, you might have a career at Frommers if this whole radio thing doesn't work out." I did put together, I thought, an elite travel guide. I found out that there are two edits, slight edits that <laughs> need to be done on the FAQ sheet for the Bob's Bar Show. Mraz hit me to them last hour. I had the wrong train stop for his house. <laughs> Pete can't get enough of. I said that there, I wrote that there's a West Babylon train stop. There is not. There is a Babylon or a Lindenhurst. And so we're going to add that to the FAQ, edit that. <laughs> and that I put five different hotels within a 20-minute driving distance to Mraz's parents' house. And he's added two more that are even closer within about a five-minute to three-mile range. Other than that, it looks pretty good. And I just think that my vision of this is everybody shows up at 6 a.m. on Friday morning, June the 16th. We have song and dance, food and drink. We have this great show, Badlands Booker, belches in your face, slaps you with a bossa, kicks you in the pool. Foxy on the bagpipes. Then we have some live music at 10 a.m. People mingling about. We get to meet everybody, really, after we're off the air. 
Pete's great mingler. He's talking to everybody, having a good time. We've got the one and only Zach Gelb parking cars dressed as Matt Rule, head coach of the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Drink, food, merriment. We salute Bob the Deli Man for a career that is now ended in the food business. He is now retired fully after his life as a deli slicer, so we want to say thank you to being at Bob's Bar. We salute him. And then sometime in the afternoon, things start winding down. We let Nancy and Bob get on with their lives, and everybody might retreat to their respective places, maybe their hotels, Maybe they have a restaurant to go out to dinner to. And so there's a there's a Main Street of Babylon. There's a few bars there that I've listed. A Main Street. Go bustling, out. right? Bustling. Bustling. Nightlife. A bustling hub of, of nightlife on a Friday night. Beautiful June Friday night. Also, there's beaches closed. The ocean's not far away. You've got an outlet shopping center not far away in Riverhead. You can take a ferry ride to Fire Island not far away. Ferry ride to Fire Island on the water. So there's a lot to go to do on a Friday night in June. You can come drive past my house in the rent a car, not come in, but you can wave to it. Around yes. And so and then, you know, that takes the pressure off of Bob and Nancy of hosting a late night rager like last year where Greg Caserta has a lampshade on his head and he's standing on the bar chanting, let's go Rangers, waking up the, the entire neighborhood. That's, That's right. the way I envision. So I, I want everybody to, they can go back to Manhattan. They can take the train here, there, the other place. They can drive, you know, beaches, shopping, sunsets, amazing. And if at four o'clock in the afternoon, the party is pumping and there's a big Yankee game that night or something, or there is a big NBA Finals game that night, and Bob is like, no, you know what? Stay. We want to... And he opens up the door and he keeps it up. Maybe, maybe you'll be invited to stay the entire night, like Dan and Mechanicsburg did. Maybe. I don't know, though. So that's why I've opened up on the FAQ all options so that... Bob and Nancy don't feel like they have to host deep into the night since everyone's going to be there beginning at 6 a.m. that morning. Perfect. Now, the one thing I didn't do on the FAQ, because I, I needed, I did need to run this by your parents, is whether people are allowed to bring a tent to camp out in the backyard. Uh, I was given when that first was broached months ago a firm no on that. A firm no. I think the quote was, this isn't Woodstock, it's a house. I see. Okay. 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 So Timbo Slice <laughs> tweeted at me last night after the FAQ came out. So you're saying don't bring my tent, DA. Yeah, and RVs are also not encouraged. A, we're not sure that Gelb knows how to park them, which uh -huh. is a big issue. Uh-huh. Uh, number two, I believe the other quote was, I don't want a bunch of people that look like Cousin Eddie from Wyoming pulling up here. Well, that's not nice. It was not nice, that's but not nice. I'm just relaying the message. Not, I'm nice not, to, I'm, not nice to Wyoming. No, it's not. I'm just, again, I'm not the messenger. <clears throat> no, well, I am the messenger. You're the messenger. Yeah. That was Nancy or Bob? Well, now that it's not nice, I'm not going to tell you which one it was. <laughs> just guess. It's Nancy. Bob actually is down for the biggest party known to man. But we just don't want to put that pressure on Mraz's wonderful parents that are opening up their doors to us. So if you were thinking about 
camping out in a tent in Bob and Nancy's backyard and waking up at 5.50, rolling out a bed, coming out of the tent and joining the, the fray at 6 a.m.? We, we might have to direct you to a public park down there, the road. And there is one within walking distance, right behind a nice church. The beautiful turf fields. You can set up the tent. There should be no soccer on a Friday morning. I think you're totally fine there. I think that's the play. Uh, also, D, I'm just going through this one sheet. Again, forgotten off of last year. We prefer you do not relieve yourself on the dog's graves oh, on their headstones. Right. Yes, yes, that's right. That's right. Is there one pet? Two pets two are back pets there. Two pets are buried back there. And don't pick up the headstones and flip-flop them. Please let the dogs rest in peace. There are two pets buried in the back of Bob and Nancy's yard. Jane Wellington. May I rest in peace. Jane Wellington, R.I.P. Beautiful, wonderful, friendly dogs that meant a lot to everybody. And it's in the back of the backyard, beyond the above-ground pool, before the fence. And if if you need to go, please do not go on the grave sites. That's going to make sure that that's off-limits. And that's a good point for the FAQ. We need to put down where, if in need of a free bathroom for events, where we can get into that Wendy's. Yeah, well, there's also a sushi place that's expanded up the block, (laughs) and they have bigger bathrooms now as well. But I'm not sure about 6 to 10 a.m. if they're open. Breakfast sushi? They're they're cooking up the mahi-mahi? Yeah, perhaps. Um, Yeah, I, I... Saki Asia, I believe is the name. Just look that up. <laughs> but there is a Wendy's within walking distance. No, it's definitely not walking distance. You're oh. going to have to. Gelb will drive you. Gelb will drive you. It's actually closer to McDonald's if you take the back roads. Okay. So yeah. there's a McDonald's and a Wendy's. McDonald's is about a mile and a half away. You're going to have to cross some railroad tracks. Just don't step on the third rail. But you could get there walking-wise. Yep. And so if needed in for an event situation. A mass event? Massive. You're probably better off running to the McDonald's. You'll get there quicker. Less lights. <laughs> Wendy's are nicer a bit. Okay. So this is all. The wheels are in motion. The FAQ is out. I've tweeted this out. Posted on Instagram. Also, Cap is going to post it on Facebook. And you can just go to my website to see the the one sheet. All your questions answered about this. Friday, June the 16th, that's the Friday of Father's Day, the Bob's Bar third annual show. If you'd like to attend, obviously it'll be broadcast on the radio so you can listen from wherever. But if you'd like to attend, the FAQ is out. Frequently asked questions, you just can simply go to DamonAmendolara.com or check out all those links. When we come back on the show, we are stunned to a news. DA, CBS Sports Radio. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. This is CBS. It's the DA Show on CBS Sports Radio. And a happy Thursday to you. It's a thirsty Thursday. We'll get to our toast coming up here and your toasts as well. The DA Show is live and sparkling technicolor on your phone. You can watch us using the YouTube app on your phone, the Twitch app as well, or go to watchda.com. That is mobile friendly. So we found out that the Blue Jays were tipping pitches the other day, which is why Aaron Judge was peeking back at the dugout in between every pitch. So let's clear the air here on this because we've had now two days of discussing and debating this. Was Aaron Judge cheating? No. If a guy is is tipping pitches, you're allowed to, to decipher the sign. And your coach, your teammates are allowed to give you the sign of a guy tipping pitches. So ultimately, that's not against the rules of the game. They're not using technology to steal signs, yada, yada, yada. But Judge was lying, and it was a bad lie about what he was doing looking in the dugout. He said it was because they were chirping. And we all said, that's ridiculous. You're a professional baseball player. You've played in the World Series or ALCS or huge games. I guess Judge hasn't played in a World Series yet. But played in enormous games, et cetera. Is he distracted by guys trash-talking from the dugout? I'm sure he's heard that and way worse and way more multiple times. So was Judge cheating? No. Was he lying? Yes. And the lying was silly. I See, look, I'm not telling you that he wasn't lying But this has gotten so out of control for people who weren't watching the game. There is still a really high chance he was looking over at the dugout for that. Again, Aaron Boone had just gotten thrown out mid-at-bat. This was going on. This was enormous for two innings where the dugouts kept arguing with each other. So, like, everybody, oh, how ridiculous is that lie? Well, in real time, if you were watching him, this is what was going on. But if Aaron Boone says that they were tipping pitches and the Blue Jays say they were tipping pitches... And Aaron Judge used that to hit a home run. Why Why would we believe that he wasn't looking over to get the sign about the tipping pitches? Well, both things could be true. I mean, he was staring for a long time. His eyes could have been staring there. And, yeah, you do stare at your coach because guess what? You might need a hit and run, a bunt sign, something like that. You're looking over anyway. But to say that there was no chance at any point any of those looks weren't at his dugout, knowing what was going on those last two innings, it was loud, too, on the broadcast. If the Blue Jays are tipping pitches, don't you think the obvious interpretation is then he's looking to see what the sign is of the guy tipping pitches? Don't you think that's why it's a big deal? Yeah, I mean, unless he's not even looking at the first base coach because he's looking at the dugout in the middle of this, he could be missing that tipping pitch sign. If, I'm with you that, Jays, that if the Blue Jays are tipping pitches, you think he would ignore those? But then why is he? This is my point. We've seen every batter one through nine. How come only Aaron Judge, he, that wasn't the only batter the pitcher fa- faced, is staring like that then looking for the tipping of the pitches sign? Why? Why wasn't Anthony Rizzo also caught staring looking for that? 
Well, That's Anthony what doesn't Rizzo make can't sense. Look to his, he can't look behind him. Well, he can look at the next, at the uh, third base coach. It could be relayed from first base coach to third base coach. I guess, and I guess it could. It also, I. But that's the thing that doesn't make sense. So only Aaron Judge, the guy who actually doesn't need these signs to tip pitches, is the only guy looking on the Yankees while the Blue Jays are tipping pitches. That doesn't make any sense. But it also doesn't make any sense to me the timing of when he's looking other than to get information about the pitch because it's always right before. It's like when the pitcher gets set, he has a quick little look to see, okay, and, and I don't know. We don't know what the tip was. It could have been his glove position. It could have been like a bend in the knee. It could be anything that they were looking at. So he needed the pitcher to do something so they could read it and then relay it to him. And it happened basically at the same time before every pitch. Right, it was like rhythmic. Right, so like that's why, to me, it can't be the dugout chirping because it wouldn't have been the consistent time that it was if that's what it was. Because it would Well, he has like, to look back when the pitch is getting delivered. It's in between when the pitch isn't actually getting delivered. Again, I he might have strictly been looking at the coach. I'm not saying that that's not possible. What I am saying is putting your foot down saying he's a liar. When if you watch the game, you heard how loud this was. And it wasn't the fans. It was noticeably loud. It is entirely possible. And then somehow this same pitcher only tip pitches the judge. It's the only one looking. But that's what does make sense. But on the day that Aaron Ju- on the day that Aaron Boone says they were tipping pitches, on the day the Blue Jays say we were tipping pitches, is the day Aaron Judge is frantically looking over the dugout, and even Dan Shulman's like, something weird is going on here. Happens to be the day that those are totally disconnected. That those are not one and the same? This is a weird game. The next day, the Yankees have a guy using sticky stuff when you should have been more alert than ever not to do it. Like, people people do weird things. I think the bigger problem here is not Judge looking over whatever he was looking over. Hearing now the Blue Jays pitcher and Boone and everybody admit this. Well, guess what? Then that's a shame on Shulman and Buck Martinez for the first thing coming out of their mouth not saying, I wonder if the I wonder if our guy's tipping his pitches instead. I'm, not, I'm just saying. I'm not saying about Judge. That's the problem. Because then it sends everybody on the pitchforks and witch hunt to label him a cheater, and that's not fair. <laughs> the Yankees need a better writer. They need better cover stories. I'm surprised Pete the Body hasn't weighed in on this. Oh, I just think it's a disgrace. <laughs> I've made my point clear very very much so. What's the uh, disgrace? No, I just think there's a lot of uh, garbage going on in that Yankee dugout. No, there's not. This is what it's I just can't take seriously. It's okay nonsense. that you guys didn't watch the game and I did, lot, but this makes yelling, your opinion invalid. A lot invalid. of screaming, a lot of, like, no, there's no, no control. It, it, it's, it's just out of control. The you Yankee really, dugout. Like, yeah. You really want me to believe that Aaron Judge, in all the big games, hostile environments, that this was the time where he was bothered on seven consecutive pitches? May in Toronto, okay. for the first time in his career, he's rattled by his dugout. Yeah, I mean, I, I just got distracted, as you said, that staring at Bogus's awful coat. I mean, <laughs> things happen. You get distracted really easily. I don't and think you're that's a very, captain. You're very good at like because you know you've you're running out of room here. So I'm now not out of room you're going to make fun idiot. of me the other day. God, you're running out you're, of room. You're calling us names because you've run out of actual things to say. Because I've said everything that's it's able to be di- not uh, not disproven. I, I've said everything right, except we get it. You're in Ted Lasso. You're no longer in line with Aaron Boone. Or the Blue Jays Boone pitcher. didn't say that that's what Judge was doing. He just said the Blue Jays pitcher was tipping pitches. Again, I gave you a perfect answer. Why was only Judge staring over? And guess well, maybe, what I got out of this crowd? Zippo number one, Zippo number maybe, two, and click, 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 no, Zippo number three. Maybe, 
Maybe Judge was the only one doing it, obviously. Maybe Judge was the right. only one that could hide So the league it. MVP is somehow the only one that's not able to hide the stare. The guy who actually doesn't need the tipping of the pitcher. Okay, so then what's your theory for how the Yankees utilized the right. tipping of the pitches? Uh, I mean, I'm assuming both the first base and third base coach are, you know, hand down the legs, something like that. I think it's no different than glancing over your coaches when they're giving you other signs that you're allowed to look over for what to do at bat. So I, I think it's pretty... All right, I'm going to go with two words here. You guys tell me which one is right. <laughs> Inconspicuous. Choose your own adventure. Or innocuous. Innocuous. Yeah. Innocuous? Yes. Innocuous. Yeah, like kind of like you wouldn't even tell when you're watching the game that he's looking over. That is my answer for that. I think that you wouldn't be like, uh, staring over that hard. What is that? Is that fastball coming? You wouldn't be doing that for like 10 straight minutes. He's clearly staring at the dugout. To say he's lying is ridiculous. No, you wouldn't. <laughs> Andrew Bogish's headlines. Uh, do I? Fine. <laughs> new series, new opponent, same Miami Heat. They have now won game one in Milwaukee, at the Garden, and in Boston. A 123-116 come from behind W to start the East finale last night. Jimmy Butler's team was down 12 shortly after halftime, then proceeded to score 46 third-quarter points. More than anything, we're staying together through the good and through the bad. Um, it is a game of runs. And we can talk to one another. I think that's what, you know, ultimately makes me smile is the fact that when things aren't going our ways, we can look at each other eye to eye and uh, know when somebody's messing around and we can fix it. Butler scored 20 of his 35 points in the second half, adding five rebounds, seven assists, and six steals. Five others scored at least 15 from Miami. Jason Tatum had 30 for the Celtics but did not attempt a shot in the fourth quarter. His team's now 4-4 four and four at home in these playoffs. I don't know. Um, I, 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 I don't know. I don't know why. Game two. <laughs> nice. Still in Boston tomorrow night. The Lakers and Nuggets back on the floor this evening in Denver. L.A. hoping to split after its rally fell short in game one. We talked about the Sixers to start the hour. Yahoo Sports among the outlets saying James Harden will definitely decline his $35 million player option so he can be a free agent. Harden reportedly looking for a new four-year contract with a return to Houston possible. It's hard to see how the Mets lose again this season after this. Fairbanks holds the set in the 0-1. <laughs> Swing and a high fly. Deep left field. Pete Alonso has won the game. It's a three-run walk-off home run. 8-7 New York. In 10 innings. Alonzo won the game with a three-run homer in the 10th. We'll see if it actually won the NL East or even the NL last night on The Nationals can't call New York, too. Keith Rad, Mets Radio. You can't, you can't, it's got to be Mets. You can't call them New York at the end there. That's a terrible job. A, they're not the real New York team. B, there's two New York teams. <laughs> the Braves were down 5-3 before winning their rubber game in Texas, 6-5. The Angels losing in Baltimore, 3-1. They've now dropped 8 of 11. And the Cardinals have won 8 of 10 after blanking the Brewers 3-zip. Yankee righty Domingo Herman began serving his 10-game ban for sticky hands last night. His teammates eventually losing 3-0 in 10 fingers. in Toronto. Sticky fingers. Yeah, he plays for the real New York team. And the Dodgers think righty Dustin May will miss at least a month. They're suffering an elbow sprain 
Wayne, and yesterday's start against the Twins may left after one of what became a 7-3 Dodgers So is victory. Dustin May missing starts just in May? A college basketball... It's not funny. Note, former North Carolina guard Caleb Love has decommitted from Michigan, putting a high-quality name back in the transfer portal. That's reportedly over an admissions issue in Ann Arbor. And the PGA Championship not starting on time this morning at Oak Hill in Rochester, New York, because of frost. Yeah. And now we're getting stunned. It doesn't take much to surprise this bouncing baby boy. This is honestly the most stunned I have ever been on the show to a news. The DA show is stunned to a news. We love a good drug smuggling story. We sure do. A nice couple. And a good drug was driving erratically on I-85 uh-huh. through Anderson County, South Carolina recently, so they were pulled over, weaving through traffic, almost colliding with a semi. Uh-huh. Uh, when police did get them to the side of the road, the man and woman acted too nervously. They also had a conflicting story about their destination and the woman's due date. She appeared to be pregnant. Oh. Then Congratulations to the couple. was a little weed in the car. Okay. So the woman realized they might be in some trouble. No so she took off. No and deal. as she was running, that's when the cocaine began falling out of oh. the fake pregnant belly oh. she was wearing. No we do. The couple now facing drug trafficking charges <laughs> on top of the bad driving so, issues. So we do. do we know what the fake belly was? Was it like a prosthetic belly or was yeah. it just a a towel filled with drugs stuffed under her shirt. No, no, no. Did you get the email? Because no. Sean's telling me, okay, I must have I, I written it and did not hit send on I it. I just found the story online. The, uh, it's a full-blown, like, skin tone yeah, like pregnant belt. So it's prosthetic. Yeah, yeah, you'd wear it like if you were an act, like a movie, on a play. It's a real thing. Smart. Yeah. That's a smart way to hide drugs. These might be two of the smartest drug smugglers I've ever heard. I now, they've got a- nailed, so they're not that smart. Well, yeah. I would have avoided having the... <laughs> Who did you say last week had a really good plan that died in 18 hours? <laughs> oh, the girl who faked her kidnapped. It's a good idea, except yeah. for it not working. No, but they, you shouldn't have the marijuana in the car. you got to eliminate the other drugs. Just smuggle the cocaine. You don't need to puff a joint on the way and attract the pullover. That's right. the problem. And you can't right. drive erratically either. you got to do right. a speed limit, right-hand lane, use your blinker, abide by all rules... So no one bothers you. Were they dipping into their own stash, I guess, which is why they were driving erratically? Well, no, I, they were dipping into the marijuana. They're smuggling cocaine. Those are two different drugs, do you? No, I'm aware of that. I, they could have been on cocaine as well, I suppose. Oh. Get your drugs right. Well, if you're on coke and weed and driving while smuggling coke and a fake pregnant belly, that's a terrible idea. You got the initial I agree. idea down. <laughs> you got the initial idea So down. you've retracted your initial statement. <laughs> no, because the original, the OG plan, if you will, is a good one. It is. Christian Judge Craig doesn't and- want you arguing his case anymore. I'm just saying. If you have a prosthetic belly like this, and I wonder where they got it, it's pretty good. I mean, again, it's skin tone, it's plastic, or I wonder what you would call that. But anyway. Rubber. It might be rubber, but I don't know. It's probably something a little bit more specific. But anyway, you can shove the drugs in the belly, 
And who's going to be the wiser? You can get across state lines with that and drive all the way you want. Right, well, if you drive regular, and even if you got pulled over, taillight or whatever. Oh, officer, have, I'm cramping up bed here. Go on, woman. It's slightly better than throwing your dog in the driver's side and saying <laughs> he was the one speeding. <laughs> For, sure. For sure. That's my favorite story I'm of the year. I'm a fan of these smugglers. <laughs> I'm a fan of these smugglers. Oh, I mean, Bye Bye Baby wouldn't go out of business if they had prosthetic uh, stomachs. Yeah, that's in the last aisle. <laughs> yeah. You gotta add, there's a code word to get back there for the drug smuggling right belly. Next to the cribs. Isn't that amazing that Bye Bye Baby went out of business? There's always babies. What? It went out of business? I think so. Oh, bankruptcy. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Which, again, like, isn't the baby industry the biggest <laughs> industry ever? Because, again, there's always babies and everyone it's just a, keeps spending more money on them. It's a damn big business. Walmart and Target taking all the business. Babies are always booming. It's not funny. Who got the tuba there? Me. For I'm saying purpose. what? Babies are always booming. Like a baby boomer reference? Yeah. yeah. Okay. yeah. I don't even bad. think the tuba should acknowledge that. That was so bad. Can you tuba <laughs> yourself? That's a whole other question. <laughs> no, but it's Tommy D'Souza. Very Morty. Morty. I'm sorry, Morty. I'll learn your name eventually. Very meta. Who's Tommy D'Souza? Does he play shortstop for the A's? <laughs> uh, Tommy LaStella. <laughs> <laughs> we need one of our drug pin listeners to tell us how many, how much this is. 1,500 grams of cocaine. Is that a lot? 1,500 grams? I'll see how many we could fit in a jock alone. <laughs> so you, we, we should create some kind of anonymous hotline <laughs> so our listeners can help us out with their drug questions without incriminating themselves. Let's put my eyes on yes. that. Yeah. Usually, Stun Doing News is about stupid criminals, and oh, the I four mean, of us are a bunch of stiffs, so we should, and I know our listeners know a lot more about this stuff than we do. So yes, I would like to have an anonymous tip line. Guys, help me out. Is 1,500 grams of cocaine a lot of cocaine? All of our affiliates, SiriusXM, free on the Odyssey app, Twitch, YouTube, somebody's an illegal drug dealer out there. Oh, someone multiple. Yeah. They listen to this show. That illegal drug dealer driving around Tuscaloosa waiting <laughs> for that next Canadian bacon. That's right. <laughs> and that's why you do it. Because yes. at some point in time, right, it, it's it's the first time a drug pin in, <laughs> in Springfield, Illinois, <laughs> has heard Fold. the show. <laughs> Gets arrested. <laughs> Damn, I missed Canadian bacon in the conference mm. finals. And while your advice and examples are really inappropriate <laughs> for kids, I think drug that's the, drug dealers is your, is your target audience. Yeah. They should be listening to your words of wisdom. Yeah, that's right. Following your footsteps. I agree. <laughs> you just never know the first time that wide-eyed, naive, innocent drug pin in Butte, Montana listens to Canadian <laughs> bacon. <laughs> And gets the inspiration to <laughs> widen his operation. <laughs> Go oh, national. the prosthetic belly. That's a good uh, idea. <laughs> Norris, right. I'm coming for you. Inspiration. <laughs> a different type of momentous Monday. Inspiration and drug pin. <laughs> inspiration <laughs> and drug trafficking. When we go back here on the show, as Moraz dies yet again on the air, how rare is hitting a bird with a baseball. DA, CBS Sports Radio. This year, like last year, the best is right here on CBS. It's the DA Show on CBS Sports Radio. Okay, welcome back. DA with you here on CBS Sports Radio. 
We appreciate you being with us on this Thursday. It's a Thirsty Thursday, so you can let us know who you're toasting to. And then we will read those over the course of the morning. Hashtag toast them. Toast them. So warming up in the outfield for the Arizona Diamondbacks was Zach Gallen. Is that how you pronounce this? Zach Gallen. And Zach Gallen is warming up in the outfield for the D-backs. And he throws a ball, which apparently was a curveball. The video of this is from far away. It's shot from behind the outfield wall as he's warming up in the outfield. But he throws what appears to be a curveball. And a bird flies right into the ball. And you can imagine what happens next. And it's it's tough to watch, you know, you... You feel for that little bird. He wouldn't do anything wrong. He's just flying around, doing his thing, and then, you know, probably the ball has some good movement on it. The bird is tracking, and then it dips. The bird can't track no more. Pops him right in the outfield. Now that's a bird that needed somebody tipping their pitches. And It's not funny. Oh, no, no, that one is funny. So the odds of hitting a bird unknowingly, it's not like he was trying to hit the bird. He just threw a ball and a bird flew into the the path is pretty minuscule, obviously. Very, very minuscule. Now note, though, that it was 22 years ago that Randy Johnson blew up the seagull in spring training with that fastball. So the what the, the the little bird that got nailed yesterday, at least it was a curveball, not a Randy Johnson heater. Could you imagine a Randy Johnson 101 mile an hour fastball coming at you? First of all, it's horrendous because that the feathers going everywhere still bothers me, but does the, does it matter? If you're dead, you're dead. I I think I think one was a murder, one was an explosion. I think that the Randy Johnson explosion is the worst way to go because it's a spectacle. As you said, it looks like somebody took a feather pillow and smashed the feather pillow and it exploded. I disagree because the Randy Johnson one, there was no time to think for that bird. This one, you're fumbling down and dying as you hit the ground. I think it's worse to get hit with the curveball. Well, do we know that this bird died? It says killing a bird with a throw in the story. Okay. Yeah, you don't want to be tumbling down half alive. You want to be blown to smithereens. So I think it's dead. It's not like they're getting a proper burial anyway. What are the odds? How does this... I mean, it's once every 22 years. It's unreal. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.